2: Good morning, good people. Welcome to to ADZ Sports Live. We streaming live on YouTube. And of course, I am your host, Will. Skywalker still. Boom. Ain't let y'all get me today. (laughs) Ain't let y'all get me today, man. Coming up, it's day two. Of breaking down this Bills team. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. All right, we gonna we're going to see. talking about the Bills defense against this Cowboys offense with challenges they present. Where the Cowboys can take advantage of them and attack them. I got it all covered for you. Pretty, pretty good show locked up for you. And of course, it's Thursday. We got Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com joining us at the top of the hour Cowboys Nation, so make sure you get your notepads, you get your pens, because we got the Cowboy Scientist himself joining us on the show as always, and of course, because yesterday we didn't get a chance to talk to you guys, uh, because we had a Koye on, that's what we do, so if you want to call into the show after all of that, you can, 351-999-3787 is the call in line, what's good with your bomb squad? Bomb squad! How y'all feeling on this beautiful Thursday? We're only a couple days away from what I believe is is a statement game for the Cowboys. Yes, I do believe that this offense, at the very least, it's a statement game. That's a statement game in general because, look, the Cowboys are going into this game two-and-a-half-point underdogs, and and that should tell you about how good this Buffalo team is. Yes, they're 7-6, but they have talent over there. I think that's really what that means, plus you're playing on the road. So we'll talk about why I believe this is a very important game for the Cowboys on offense. And we'll, we'll look at some film from Buffalo. We'll look at some numbers. We're going to go inside the numbers. Got a, got a little solid show for y'all. Put some working on this one, all right? With that said, I think we're going to jump right into this roundup. Because in the roundup, not a whole lot. We're going to talk about one of our guys, right? And then we're going to talk about uh, some players that might be out on the opposing team, the ops, right? The ops are or they they might not have a few key players leading into this game specifically on defense. So I want to touch on that uh prior to bringing in Patrick No c Walker. Uh Sky, our Toxic says, Sky, I don't see a two and a half point for Buffalo at home as a compliment to them. To us, possibly, right? Close game. Um, it's a good team. It's a good team. They're favored. I love it. Let them be favored. <laughs> 10-3 and 3 team going up against a 7-6 team and you're not favored. Any little thing, man, I'll take it. But at the end of the day, I, I do know with that quarterback, some of the talent they have over there playing on the road. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect them to be favored. But I don't do the whole betting thing. Plus, from, from my understanding, y'all, right, that, that's more to entice betting, right? That, that's not about who they think is going to win. It's more to entice money or something like that. I don't know. I'm not a better. All I know is, I think the Cowboys have the better team. Yes, it'll be challenging, but I think, I I think personally, if things go cleanly on both sides of the ball, cleanly, this team is better. But we'll break it all down. I got y'all. Let's get into this roundup.
1: It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. 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 It is time for. It's time. For the morning roundup. Round them up, boys.
0: Let
2: me talk to you. Talk to you, Cowboys Nation. Is this the second time uh, Brandon Aubrey got special teams player of the week? I don't know, but I felt like after Sunday's game, I wanted to feature him a little bit more and talk about it. Uh, Brandon Aubrey, Auburn Maddox, a.k.a. Butter is what they call him down there. Got the special teams player of the week again. Rightfully so. Had 15 points in that game. Four for four on field goals. Three for three on extra points. 60-yarder. 59-yarder. First player in NFL history to kick a 59-plus-yard field goal twice. 50-yarder and a 40-plus-yard field goal. Dude is an absolute weapon. An absolute weapon, man. Uh, We talked about this on Vacha's show. So team kicks the ball off. Kicks it out of bounds, right? Kicks or kicks it through the uprights, whatever. You get a touchback. Dallas starts at the 25. Theoretically speaking, they only need like 30 yards of offense and now you've put yourself in scoring position because of this kicker. I mean, that's that's a weapon. And I know you can say, "Well, we we've had this before. We've had this with Brett Maher." You're kind of right. You're you're, you're kind of right. Brett Maher was eight for eleven, I think it was, uh, on field goals of fifty plus yards. So far, Brandon Aubrey's eight for eight. He's eight for eight. He ain't missed, and he makes him look easy. And yes, Brett has a sixty-two yarder, right? Didn't he get like a sixty-two yarder. So he had a boot. Don't get me wrong. He also had a boot. But Brett Maher looking like an all-pro Cowboys Nation. He is looking like the best kicker in the National Football League right now. And deserving, he's deserving of the Special Teams Player of the Week. But at this pace, he's obviously going to be an all-pro. And we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But I think he's a weapon for the Cowboys. It gives you some confidence. In fact, there used to be this thought process. Because remember, Brandon Aubrey, I'm sorry, Brett Maher, he was here during the Jason Garrett administration, 2018-19. Remember that? And... During that time frame, there was this worry of having a guy with that leg, like, oh, my goodness. Once we get to the 50, we're going to start getting a little conservative. I think it's different with Aubrey, and I think it's different with this coach, Mike McCarthy, dialing it up. And Dak, this, this version of Dak. I think you get more aggressive, where it was obvious that JG was more conservative. Mac- McCarthy, like, look, once we get to that 40, 45-yard line, Let's go for the jugular. If you don't get it, cool. We're going to walk away with three points. But we don't got to tighten up. in that, you know, you know, I call it the the green zone, money zone area. We don't got to tighten up down there. We're trying to go for the money. And having a guy like Brandon Aubrey, I think, gives you more confidence that okay, if I don't, if I don't get a touchdown, at the very least, I can walk away with three points. Shouts out to Brandon Aubrey. Keep it up, sir. Somebody get him some Tims. So usually I talk about the Cowboys practice report, but we're going to do that with Patrick Nosey Walker here in a second. I wanted to talk about the Bills. I used to do that. We used to do that, you know, like last year the year before. We'd break down the opposing team's practice report as well. Uh, This one is interesting because they're going to be without some key, possibly, let me say that, possibly could be without – some key players and then some other key players dealing with some injuries. Um, we don't got to go through their entire list, but there's two players I want to point out specifically because we're going to talk about their defense today. Micah Hyde. We should be familiar with Micah Hyde if you remember the 2016 playoff game, I believe, against the Packers. I think it was my guy who got the interception on a screen pass to Beasley. Um He's their playmaking safety back there, but he's been dealing with neck issues the last two years as you know, we should be familiar with those things. He has a stinger situation that's been bothering him all year. And last, uh, last week he came out of the game and did not return and did not practice yesterday. So Taylor Rapp, who's been filling in for a high and Jordan Poyer, who we'll talk about in a second. He's the guy back there and he's not, not great in my opinion. So if Micah High is not out there, or even if he is out there and he's dealing with a next thing and he has to take a hit, he could potentially be out again. So that's a that's a, that's a big loss. They already don't have White, their cornerback there. Uh, Teron Johnson's dealing with the ankle. Looks like he possibly could play, though, because he was limited. Uh, but another player who, big potential loss here. A.J. Epineza, the Iowa product. He suffered a groin injury against the Chiefs. Only played in four snaps did get an interception or had a pressure that led to one. Key defender. Key defender on that team. Seven sacks on the season so far, and he can do some versatile things for you. Uh, if you take him out the picture, they're going to be asking Von Miller to do a little more. In any other year, you'll be like, ah, man, more Von Miller. That's a scary thing. Oof. What do we do here? Not this year, though. And, and look, I feel like every time we, we we set this up, that a player's not playing well, they play Dallas, they play well. Von Miller, man, I think he's, he's, he's you know, still dealing with the ACL injury, trying to work his way back from that. Also dealing with some off-the-field things, too. I, I don't know if that'll affect him. This week, I, that's neither here nor there. We'll talk about on the field. On the field, doesn't look like the same player. Doesn't have the same motor. Doesn't have the same burst. Kind of looks like he, he he has a bit of a, some stoppage to him. Doesn't He probably doesn't trust his, his knee quite yet. Now, he got a DMP for a vet rest. But he's healthy enough to play. So he's only been getting like 20 snaps or so. And he's not really been playing a lot. So if they ask him to play a little bit more, it, you know, it'll be it'll be a challenge because he's Vaughn. But I said this yesterday. I personally believe because they're going to probably line him up over there on Terrence Steele. I personally believe Terrence had a had a tougher matchup against Hassan Redick. Given this version of Vaughn Miller. You know, so losing AJS Epineza to me uh, is a big deal. Now, they still got some guys up there. We'll talk about it. We'll go in depth a little bit more on Aubrey and Russo or not Aubrey. Uh, Oliver and Russo and those guys. Uh, but Epineza, you can't really shrug your shoulder at that loss if he does not play, which it looks like he's trending towards not. There are other pass rusher, Leonard Floyd, another guy. you know, looking, We talked about him last year playing against the the Rams. He can he can pop up on you from time to time, but he practiced in full, so he'll be out there. So I'm going to keep my eye on this. We'll keep our eyes on the Cowboys side of things which we'll talk to Patrick Nosey Walker here in a few minutes. Uh, CJ said, I trust Still in this matchup. I do too. You know, again, Von Miller, Hall of Famer. Going to Hall of Fame, one of the best pass rushers of our our, our generation. But this is Von Miller coming off the ACL. Um, Maybe he'll have the crowd behind him, some momentum, things like that. I don't know. We'll see. But last week, he started to put together a little bit. Uh, he had two quarterback hits last week, three pressures. So you know he popped a little more on film in that game than the other ones I watched. So maybe, maybe he's starting to figure it out. But but the Ep- the Epineza uh, guy, he he brings a different energy. I think I, I, he has a crazy motor. I think he's versatile. Um, if they decide to put Russo on that side, I like my chances with that. It's speed to me that makes me worry about uh, Terrence. It's not power. It's not trying to run through his chest. Uh, it, it's getting around Terrence and making him run the hump and, and, and putting pressure on him to get that kick step out there. Not necessarily trying to run down his chest, which is crazy because years ago you say, oh man, Terrence struggles with power. You know, from time to time, even Lane Johnson got, you know, pushed in the back to, to, to uh, Jalen Hurts. But I worry about the quick losses on Terrence Steele, not the slow deaths. You know what I mean? Okay, so Yesterday, because shouts out to you, Toxic, bringing up Rolando McClain. Yesterday, um, on Twitter, Rolando McClain apparently has been reinstated by the NFL. And somebody had made a video of his highlights here in Dallas. I loved Rolando McClain in Dallas, so I retweeted the, the video. I didn't notice the caption said, I would bring Rolando McClain back on the practice squad. Excuse me, what? So people were in the, in the comments like, "Hey, I love Rolando, but but Sky, I'm not I'm not siding. He's 34. I'm like, oh my bad. Look, no, <laughs> I don't want to bring Rolando McClain back. I was just reminiscing that R- Rolando McClain was fun. He was he was awesome to watch. He was making plays. He was he was probably the last like real." Middle, linebacker, throwback, combination of athlete size and speed and physicality. Love Rolando McClain. Rolando McClain need to sit on down. You don't need to come back. So for those who, have made, who may have seen my tweet or, or the repost on Twitter, I wasn't insinuating that I wanted to bring him back. That's all I'm saying. You know, that's it. With that said, let's go ahead, open up the uh, science lab. Here. Well, I shouldn't say the science lab. Open up your notepads. Click your pens. And let's get ready to walk into the scientific method. Hey, Pat, I don't want no problems. No problems with dot com. I don't know nothing about no science. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) Take it easy. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> What's see, good, bro? Because if,
3: if, if the dot com try to go with you, then I got to jump in front of that, and I got to play arbitrator, oh, like, you know what I mean? Let me be great. Let hey, look, be great. look,
2: look, look, we'll, we we'll, we'll tease that later, but I slipped up there, boy. Listen, yeah. we, I'm going to have to redact that. We're going to have to be welcome, Patrick Nosey Walker to the <laughs> scientific method. <laughs> Good oh, morning, man. good sir. What are you, how you doing?
3: What's
4: up? I'm good. How you doing, King?
2: <laughs> uh, I'm fantastic, man. Um, let me say this real quick. Shouts out to you, brother. You, you you, and how you're handling these trolls. You are taxing them at the bridge this week because Philly fans are in shambles, and I absolutely love it. Oh, I love what oh, you're doing. Oh, man. It, it's, it's just light work,
3: bro. It is light work, to say the least. I mean, like, they are um the, the lines of Cope. That they're snorting this week—it's uh, it, enough to make Scarface jealous. Like, yeah, but I, we, we're bathing in that because this is this is what you get. Like, you can't you can't give out smoke for weeks and weeks on end over a five-point victory in Week Nine. You know, at that point, talking about how our season is over and right. how uh, the the division race is over, and you know, coming at me and my mentions for that four or five-week period or longer talking about how um, uh, how the Cowboys got dominated, how the Eagles won in convincing fashion. I mean, these are actual English words that were being used to describe a five-point win that came down to a, a knee, uh, a toenail, and a false start. So then, okay, that's how you want to play it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this entire ass-whooping that you took. Um so but then now they want to say oh no the you saw the one I, I responded to yesterday uh the the score doesn't tell the story oh oh doesn't it it doesn't you're right <laughs> it doesn't tell the story because it should have been like 60 to six yeah it should have been like 60 to 6 but anyway man um it's it's Thursday morning i mean and, and people like you myself and the other analysts i mean we've we've been having our fun with it but we've also been on to the bills for a couple of days now the eagles they they don't they couldn't tell you who they play this weekend cuz they're still hurting.
2: They still hurt. And what they don't what they fail to realize with you, man, is that the pen you use, the ink is actually lava, bro. They don't understand that. They really don't. And I love it. I love sitting back and watching you just obliterate them with your words, bro. But uh let's, like you said, let's go ahead and move on. We had our fun. It's time to focus our our, our attention on what I believe is a better team, and that is the Buffalo Bills. But before we do that. Can you give us an update on the Cowboys' practice report? Because I gave the folks an update on the Bills, but Dallas had a lot of guys sitting out yesterday.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, Wednesday, it's a veteran rest day for a lot of guys. So, of course, that lengthened the injury report for the Cowboys. But it was also a walkthrough as well. So when I look in, I see someone like Malik Hooker, who's dealing with an ankle, and he was DNP, did not participate on yesterday. Um, that would have raised an eyebrow if it was a full practice, but it was a walkthrough. So for me, it just means it's something to keep an eye on. Let's see what the entry report looks like today for a guy like Malik Hooker. Will he be limited? If he's DMP again today, then I wouldn't say um, I'm going to DEFCON 1, but my eyebrow would raise and say, okay, well, what's his actual availability odds? Yeah. Um, but we'll see how that goes today. Um, obviously, the headline is going to be Jonathan Hankins. Hankins suffered a high ankle sprain being described to me as mild um i asked asked a couple people around the building on yesterday and the day before you know what's the temperature as far as um potential ir and they kind of shrug that off and that gives me the the uh in- implication that he's not an ir candidate as mm. we have this conversation um so the cowboys it seems like the cowboys feel confident that this might just be like a two-game situation uh if that so they're going to play it um this week and uh, sit him, which is what it looks like. I asked McCarthy about it directly yesterday, and he said, "quote unquote," he'd be hard pressed uh, to to take the field against the Bills. So I'd go ahead and scratch him against the Bills for everyone uh, out there listening. Uh, but he does have a shot. Might be a long shot right now, but he does have at least a shot of taking the field against the Dolphins. But that's as far huge. as IR, that yeah, IR is not in the discussion right now. So uh, even if even if it's a situation still where he is out two weeks, that's Buffalo, that's Miami, that still puts him on the field against the Detroit Lions, which is a massive NFC game. No, um, yeah. so yeah, so right now um it looks like he he could dodge IR. They keep using the word mild when it comes to me. Not a lot of concern. That's the kind of phrases that are being used. So fingers crossed that stays the that stays the way with stays the course with Jonathan Hague.
2: H- have you heard uh down there if they're gonna bring up Carl Davis?
3: That's the expectation. So um in speaking with some folks, and then speaking with McCarthy on yesterday, it sounds as if Carl Davis will get his first practice squad elevation uh, this weekend. Uh, he was signed on the back end of November, I think November 28th, 29th, something like that. He's been on the practice squad, uh, and that timing could not have been more fortuitous. Yeah. Uh, because obviously, yeah, it obviously gave the Cowboys some depth at the position, unbeknownst to them. A couple, you know, two, three weeks later, they would lose Jonathan Hankins for possibly a couple games or so. So um, just fantastic scouting and, and personnel work done by Stephen and Will and Jerry and Mike just staying on top of that. So Carl Davis, a third-round pick, um, not an older guy, not necessarily a, a, the youngest guy. He's right there, you know, in the middle, you know, mid, late 20s. Uh, he's got 19 NFL starts under his belt, so he's, you know, not a ton, but he's played some NFL football as a starter, uh, and that's going to be, you know, massive for the Cowboys. I, I, I equate him to hopefully, we'll see what he can do on the field, but hopefully he can be for them what, like, Chuma Idoga was, right? So you bring Mm -hmm. in that veteran, and and you're hoping that you don't need him, but then if you need him, you're hoping he can step in and, and be an effective player like Chuma was. So. Hopefully, Carl on the defensive side can be what Chuma was on the offensive line, and that'll take a lot of pressure off of Mozzie Smith, but that doesn't mean there won't be added pressure on Mozzie Smith, because there will be added pressure on Mozzie Smith. He's going to get more reps. He's going to get more burn. Uh, He's going to have to, you know, ramp up his development pretty quickly here in the absence of Jonathan Hankins.
2: I think there's going to be a ton of pressure on on those guys without Jonathan Hankins, and Honestly, you know, this defense in general is, is, is going to have some pressure put on them because a guy like Jonathan or Jonathan Allen, Josh Allen over there on the other side of the ball is, is a he's a tough dude, man. He's a tough dude. Literally, physically, he's tough and he, he's kind of tough to prepare for because we can do on the ground and through the air. But to you, what what makes Josh Allen one of the tougher guys to, to deal with and prepare for uh, for opposing defenses?
0: Uh, it's
3: the same thing that made Donovan McNabb uh difficult to deal with and that's that's one of the comps that keeps popping in my head when I think of Josh Allen and and that's because if you if you forced if you forced Donovan McNabb to throw from the pocket he could make all the throws from the pocket but he was equally if not more so willing to take off and run when he needed to take off and run but when he took off and run the guy was a unit and Josh yep. Allen is a unit so getting him down on the, on the ground, that's, that's a much more daunting task than, you know, trying to get like a Kyler Murray who's more shifty. But once you get your hands on him, you got your hands on him. Uh, Josh Allen, what you got, once you have your hands on him, that doesn't mean he, he's going to the ground. It might mean you're going to the ground, but he might still be running after after the uh, the attempted tackle. So Josh Allen is difficult in the capacity of you want to treat him like uh, Jalen Hurts in the aspect of you need to keep him in the pocket and keep contained. But where he differs from Jalen Hurts is once he's in the pocket and contained and you delete the ability for him to escape, now you have to collapse the pocket and you have to get hands on him and you have to sack him. It's not enough to simply just say, okay, we got him in the pocket. Let's see what he can do. Well, you know what he can do if you just give him the perfect pocket. It's not about testing his arm. He has the arm, yeah. right, and he has the playmakers, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, the list goes on and on, James Cook out of the backfield. So he can surgically dissect you in that fashion if you don't apply pressure. But if you apply pressure, that pipe will burst, and it will burst again and again and again. And he's the kind of guy that he's boom or bust still. So either he's going to have four touchdowns and 400 yards with, you know, none or one interception, or he's going to give you three interceptions and a fumble with only 175 yards and he's going to be the reason they lost the game. The latter is what the Cowboys are looking for, but it begins with not only forcing him to stay in the pocket, not only keeping contained, but you got to get to him and you got to get him on the ground.
2: Indeed, man. And, and you absolutely have to be able to cover his top guys on that on that back end, right? He's got some playmakers back there, and his number one playmaker is obviously Stefan Diggs. And we have our own Stefan, right? Stefan Gilmore. Who, right, Gilly, man, he on a hot streak, brother. He he on a nice little hot streak, and I know he's about to go into a cold environment. But it's a familiar environment. You wrote an article about exactly. Gilly going back to Buffalo, and I think that matchup is is, is key. It, do you have a do you have a feel that they'll continue this kind of star coverage situation? I know they haven't been you know keeping Gilly on one guy the whole game, but this this feels like hey man, let's ride the hot hand here.
3: Yeah, this is as close to traveling as you'll probably get when it comes to the Cowboys secondary because they don't necessarily, Dan Quinn doesn't necessarily like to assign one guy to one guy and then travel that guy. But you've seen Gilly travel enough where you can, you know, uh, you can presume that that's going to be the case against a guy who's targeted as heavily as Stephon Diggs is. And then when you look at the heater uh, that Stephon Gilmore is on as far as coverage and, mm-hmm. and tackling and, and being right there on the guy's hip. I think it just it just makes sense. And then of course he's getting some uh some top secret inside intel <laughs> from Trevon Diggs. Um and thing. has has been since training camp. Uh, so he he's there's plenty of information on Stefan Diggs for Stefan Gilmore to dissect, including film. Obviously he said on yesterday that, you know, even though he's getting some insight um from Trevon that's not going to uh undermine his, his weekly tradition of dissecting the film on the guys that he's going to cover. Uh, and the thing about Gilmore is I know he's not the fastest guy, but especially after what A.J. Brown said to him, I think that he's looking to be much more physical than he's been in the past couple years, and that's what you saw against A.J. Brown. Now, here's where that comes into play against Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is easily one of the most explosive wide receivers in the league,
5: easily, but he can
3: be frustrated very easily if you get physical with yeah. him you get your hands on him and push him around a little bit, you can knock him off of his game mentally. And if that then causes – or knocking him off of his routes and off of his timing, if that then causes Josh Allen to look away from him, then put your eyes to the sidelines because you're going to start to see Steph, Stephon Diggs' uh, attitude toward Josh change over the course of the game. And then, aha, gotcha. So when it comes to Stephon Diggs, it's more so about disrupting his timing. Um, try to get him on the press if you can. Uh, don't give him free releases, and the safeties are going to be stressed uh, to do their job in a big way. Malik Hooker, as he roams the center field like that, whether it be single high with Malik or you know double high and you're dropping curse down or whatever you do, whatever you need to do, yeah. however you need to figure it out, you need to draw a circle around Stephon Diggs uh, because if you can delete him from the game, which also goes to deleting Josh Allen by sacking him and taking him down, um, then you have a massive chance of winning. And when it comes to weather, I'm glad you brought that up really quickly. So many of these Dallas Cowboys um, don't necessarily know what it feels like to play in Buffalo in December. The good news is, is if the weather holds up as it stands right now, it'll just be perfect football weather. Yes. Okay? Uh, you know, upper upper uh, 40s, maybe tap dance at around 50, moderate wind, cloudiness, but the sun peeking through with no precipitation. If that holds, weather's not that much of a factor. But if it were to dip a little bit, or you get some of that random lake effect stuff, nothing. Stefan Gilmore isn't accustomed to. He's a former 10th overall pick from guess who? The Buffalo Bills. Yep. Spent five years with the Bills, and then guess where he went? The New England Patriots. So, and then not only was he playing at Gillette in that weather, but guess who had to play twice a year? The Buffalo Bills. So he knows Orchard Park. He knows how to play in front of that fan base. He knows how to play in front of that in that weather. So it's uh it's. That's a homecoming for him. So yeah. I, bet, I expect him to have a big game.
2: I had a stint in Erie for a couple years, which is it was adjacent to Buffalo and very similar weather. Let me tell you something right now 48 winds of 8 to 10 or so miles per hour. Sun is out. That's a Talk balmy to him. spring day, Talk bro. To him. That is a balmy Talk spring <laughs> day. As long as you got the heated benches, you know, we're not playing in the poverty franchise in Washington where they ain't got heated benches. Yeah, yeah. We don't have
1: to yeah. take
3: hours.
2: Nah, long sleeves with the coat. You know, you good to go. Talking about here, forty-eight degrees. We all we play football. 48, forty-eight degrees is football weather. Come on, dude.
3: Forty-eight degrees in mid-December in upstate New York. <sighs> Spring. I, I mean, like the the yes, the football gods. Again, as
0: long as this holds,
3: I want to keep saying that because I don't want to piss off the football gods by assuming. But based on what the football gods are telling the meteorologists to tell us. It's looking good right now, and if that stays the case, then weather will not be a factor, and that completely takes uh, a lot of leverage away from the Bills, and it just evens the scales, and then it's just about who's the better team, who wants it more, who's going to commit the uh, the fewest amount of uh, self-inflicted, self-inflicted wounds.
2: Indeed, man. We got Patrick Nosey Walker, DallasCowboys.com joining us. Can you give us a uh, Science Lab TM teaser uh, or your article that you're going to have this week. Hey, hey uh, Derek, you see I TM that, right? So. Be good. Be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good, Derek. I, I, can't
5: with, I can't with you, bro. I
3: can't. All right. So all <laughs> Lab Science Lab drops this morning um, on the dot com, uh, typically around 10 a.m. Central Time, no later than 11 a.m. Central Time. Um, but this week, we're going to focus on Brandon Aubrey. The last time I dedicated a science lab to Brandon Aubrey, it was right as he was uh, about or he was on the cusp of potentially breaking the NFL um, record for most consecutive field goals to start an NFL career. But it, I think it was like three or four kicks before then because he was already on the heater. That made me wonder if he could be better than Dan Bailey's rookie season. we well, now fast forward to where he is now, uh, and he has already surpassed that. But doing a deeper dive into the numbers, um, what was eye-opening to me was, and I'll, this is a huge spoiler, but you still got to read it to see what how I came to this conclusion. Um, Brandon Aubrey deserves to be in the Rookie of the Year conversation, but not just in the conversation. He deserves to be a front-runner, and I know who he's going up against, and I talk about that in the article as well. But if you go back, and I did, if I, I went back and I looked at the history of the Offensive Rookie of the Year award and the NFL Rookie of the Year award, over the span of, well, since 1955, over the span of six different voting platforms, and it's going to drop your jaw how infrequently a place kicker gets their respect. But now needs to be the time, because if you're ever going to give a place kicker his respect in that fashion, it's got to be Brandon Albee based on what he's doing. So check out Science Lab. It is deep-dive, robust, it's delicious, it's it's seasoned well, and just uh, feed yourself this morning
2: seasoned well. Hey, that that sounds at the sidelines hilarious, but uh, Patrick, no C Walker, <laughs> DallasCowboys.com. Appreciate you, my brother, man. Make sure y'all check him out later today with that fantastic article on the Science Lab. Yes, All right, sir. brother. Talk to you at 11 to 3. Indeed.
6: Peace.
2: <laughs> hey, tell you
1: something.
2: Lived in Erie. Well, Not necessarily Erie, Edinburgh, all right, for about three years or so, something like that, I say lived, but went to school, and which is right there next to Erie, which the weather is crazy, so when I hear 48 degrees, you know, no snow, no freezing rain, maybe some rain, but no freezing rain, oh, come on, I mean, if you look at the schedule, Back in April, when it drops, and you say, "Damn, Buffalo in December. Automatically, I'm thinking, snow, 28 degrees, 20 degrees, whatever, right? Like, freezing. They used to make us walk to class in, like, two feet of snow. Up there, they don't... See, down here, if it rains too hard, you know people don't know how to drive if it if if a little bit of a flurry schools are closed hell they even starting to do the PA I noticed too like what the hell was happening these kids can't go to school in flurries but anyway it was two three feet of snow and like nope class is still going on so if I see I go check out the weather right I'm over here on weather.com man that thing went up to 50 degrees y'all 50 degrees, cloudy with an occasional shower for the afternoon. An occasional little stop. This is going to spit or something like that. Ain't nothing crazy. A high of around 50. Winds. Now, the winds say 10 to 20. That's a big discrepancy. But if it's if it's in the 10, 11, 12, that ain't
1: nothing, man.
2: Now, if it up 20, 20, that's 20, 25, they get crazy. But, boy, come on, man. Look at this. It's saying 13 miles per hour. Come on, man. 50 degrees, 30 miles per hour winds, light rain. You know what you do to prepare for this? And I'm pretty sure they're doing that up there at the start. You remember in week one, we came out of week one and we were like, man, y'all had like a different gameplay. Y'all seem to adapt to this rainy weather really well. Like, cause it was a monsoon on the East coast everywhere. It wasn't just in New York. They said, yeah, we had a, we had a rain plan. Not a game plan, a rain plan. So I'm pretty sure they're putting in a rain plan against this team as well. I believe in my guys. I truly do. I believe in my guys to to be prepared for this. If it happens to rain a little bit more than it needs to or if the weather gets cold. But right now, 50, it's beautiful football weather, man. It ain't got to change much of anything. Master Gunner said we get a half inch of snow. We put up for two days. It's it's crazy, man. It is crazy. Like nowadays, I, I remember being at the, and I'm not trying to sound old because I'm not that old, but contrary to popular belief. Forget y'all. At the bus stop, being able to, you know, the snowballs, throwing them at people, and whatnot. If you can, if you can make a snowball, they're not allowing you to go to school anymore. Am I tripping? Now, in PA, they're equipped for that. So they need to be going to school. And here, man, I don't even think they have a snowmobile. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they have a plower down in Dallas. And I get it, right? It doesn't snow much. And I did. I wasn't here for the ice storm. Thankfully, was not here for the ice storm. Um, I hate that a lot of people want, had to go through that down here. But man, Texas, y'all different with this weather, bro. Y'all different. I don't even like driving down here no more when it rains or if it snows. Y'all can't drive in general. And what y'all not going to do is (laughs) act like I'm... (laughs) Y'all not going to act like I was out here in school in 1920. Y'all can go ahead and stop that now. Uh, Let's take a quick little break. Come back. We're going to talk about this Cowboys offense against uh, this Buffalo Bills defense.
1: You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast In front of a million Of Cowboys fans To bring you the real But for now, strap up and Reach for the sky Here's your host Skywalker Steel. I'm Skywalker, I'm here to rescue you We'll do it live
2: What school did I go to? Uh, Edinburgh University, man and let me tell you, boy, I, I was not ready for that weather. And I'm from PA, right? So, you know, cold weather, cold weather. But <laughs> Edinburgh weather is different. I visited that school in April. Called them on like a a good day. It's beautiful, beautiful, man. The fountains was gone. It's a college town. It's like, hey, it's just beautiful. Yeah, I think I could do this. No problem. I get up there right around my birthday. October. October's very young. I didn't even bring a coat yet, you know, because, hey, you know, I gotta get a coat until I go back home for the for the holidays. I just need a little bristle, little jacket. <clears throat> boy, that weather turn on you quick. I had to go down Erie to Burlington and get me a, a big boy coat in like September. You know, it started to get cold. Then it starts snowing in October. I said, man, y'all on steroids up here. And they, you know, my grandma used to tell me, yeah, that, watch out for that lake effect snow. What the hell does that even mean? I don't know what that mean. Lake effect? I don't know about no lake. We got City Island in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. The lake effect snow. I'll tell you right now, kids, if you decide to go live in the area Edinburgh, be prepared for that lake effect snow. <laughs> lake Effects no, snow is crazy, fam. I mean, five degrees and, and it's nonstop snowing for days. I almost quit. I almost quit Edinburgh. The first year I said, I'm going to come back. But you develop friends and things like that. But, man, I ain't, I ain't telling my son to go no damn Edinburgh. Anyway. Let's talk about this game. <laughs> Enough about my life. <laughs> Elements aside, the Cowboys offense has something to prove up there in Buffalo, man. It does. It has to build road momentum. And the talk around the Cowboys offense right now is, is that they're not the same offense on the road, right? But you can say that to In my opinion, you can say that about 99% of teams. The offense is or teams in general, but the offenses on the road are not going to be the same as they are at home. However, there there was like a big discrepancy when you look at the early portion of the season compared to the later portions of the season, right? Like the Cowboys offense, really, it wasn't the same and, and it wasn't closing out as well. And and the points per game are way different. It's almost 40 points per game at home. I think it's hovering around 23 or so for the Cowboys on the road but I do think you have to look at this thing a little different now that we're going into week what 14 of the season do think you have to look at it differently and this is what I mean if you look at the offense pre-bye week and post-bye week in general we know it's different but I'd even argue it's gotten better on the road now these are points that the offense was responsible for not the special teams or the defense scoring touchdowns so points that the offense was responsible for. Let's look at pre bye week, okay? You got the New York Giants on the road week one, rainy day. Remember that? It was a rainy uh, night, I should say. And and the Cowboys' first game in this Texas Coast offense, it wasn't a here-we-go offense, yeah, it was Texas Coast. They put up 26 points. They moved the ball. They punched it in in the red zone. Um, they, They did fine, week one. Week three, they go to Arizona. That's where things got weird. Right, They struggled a bit. Three starters out up front. Mike McCarthy comes out and says, hey, I overreacted in that one. Although we did move the ball over 400 total yards in that game with zero turnovers from the defense, by the way. But they couldn't punch it in in the red zone. That's when our red zone woes were really creeping up. Only scored 16 points. We don't need to say anything about San Francisco. Then at L.A. versus the Chargers. They scored 20 points. And that was a game where things started to, you know, started to open up a bit. We started to see a little bit more of the here we go. It was kind of the here we coast offense. It, was, it wasn't it was quite open up and let loose with Dak Prescott. There was still some coast to it, some some Texas coast to it. but But you started to see things change a little bit. Scored 20 points in that game. Uh, And they had the game-winning drive when they needed to. You start to see things click there. Then the bye week came. And that's when this offense completely opened up in general. So what about the road games, guy? Cowboys go to Philly. To me, I would not say that game in Philly was an indictment on, on, on a bad offense. Yes, they only scored 23 points. I get it. But let's be real. They left at least 10 points on the board in that game. At least 10. What I mean by that is... They could have kicked the field goal on one, and they also could have scored, should have scored a touchdown on another. And I'm not even talking about the last possession of the game. I'm just talking about the other times they failed at towards the end in the red zone. They got down there three times, only came away with six points. So I wouldn't necessarily say the, the offense struggled in that game. They put up over 400 yards. The Dak diced them up. They had some moments where they ran the ball well. Wasn't a problem there. Carolina. Carolina, one of the most respectable pass defenses. You had to kind of adjust a little bit. Cowboys did adjust, but they still scored 26 points on offense, and they protected the rock there. So I didn't think the offense struggled. I I wouldn't say it was amazing, but when your offense can go get you 26, I'll take that all day and tomorrow. Now they're about to hit this road you know situation here these next two games against quality opponents on the road and i think it's time to build momentum and here's why the cowboys as we currently stand right now the the odds are they will be playing on the road in the playoffs they will be playing quality opponents like buffalo like miami on the road in the playoffs so they need to build some momentum for themselves you know for fans we're gonna be fans we're gonna be hyping we're gonna be confident in our team in general but can they can they average over 25 26 points per game on the road against quality opponents can they say to themselves yeah we can go do the here we go offense even if it's a silent count on the road because we're going to have to do that as it currently stands now things can change maybe they get the, the home field but you want to you gain that confidence, right? You want to gain that confidence that I can go to Philly and get the dub on the road. If I got to go to Detroit, if I got to go to San Fran, which is a tough one, that's the toughest one, right? But if I got to go on the road, I can still run, run our offense. And the reason why I say I think you have to look at this thing differently. Pre-bye week, Texas coast, not here we go. I think it's a different offense. Post-bye week. You saw some of the the, the here we go stuff, you know, implemented and work in Carolina and in Philly. But they're one and one. Now you got a chance to build some momentum against the Buffalo Bills. And it's again, I, I don't necessarily think this is going to be easy. However, I would love for it to look that way. Would love for it to look that way. The Buffalo Bills defense led by Sean McDermott. He's taking over the defensive play calling duties in 2023. It's a strange looking defense, man, but they are sixth in the league in defense and in, in, in scoring defense. And they have forced the third most turnovers. So very opportunistic style of defense. And they got some players, you know, that I, that I like. I like Tyrell Dotson. I think he's a very athletic sideline to sideline linebacker, do some good things in coverage uh, Russell Douglas they, they traded for him I, I don't think he's a an amazing talent uh, but he is a veteran cornerback that's had some good years in this league uh, Jordan Poyer is their veteran safety without Micah Hyde back there and that Oliver is a very sneaky three tech maybe may underrated because he's in Buffalo but he's top five in pressures and he's got eight sacks I do like our offensive line against him but he's very uh, Digizua esque right undersized three tech that can get some quick penetration But let's dive inside the numbers on this Buffalo Bills defense. Some very interesting numbers on these guys. Average points scored per drive, they're 11th. So that that tells you right there that they will make it tough on you to get points. They're not a top 10 defense in that manner, but they're respectable. The lowest average depth of target allowed in the league. What does that even mean? That means they're not giving you anything deep. They want you to throw 5, 10, 12 yards at best down the field. In fact, technically their average depth of target is like 6 yards or something like that. So they're, they're really not allowing you to go deep. But you do have to pick your spots correctly. And that makes sense, though, because when you watch them, when you look at the analytics, when you watch them on film, they run a ton of that too high. They run a ton of that middle of the field open, whether it's starting at too high, whether it's rotating to a too high, trying to throw you off. But they run middle of the field open coverage at the highest in the league, and they run middle of the field closed coverage at the lowest. What does that mean? Exactly what it sounds like at the the start of the snap, middle of the field deep is open or the middle of the field is closed with a single high safety. They run too high shell, the eighth most in the league. And that makes sense. Given Sean McDermott's history. So when you have all of that middle of the field open, when you play all of that too high, it means you're going to have light boxes. And they do that the sixth most in the league. So it's going to be important once again, especially on the road, to be efficient on the ground. The Cowboys were that against the Eagles last week. I thought they were that against the Carolina Panthers on the road. And they need to be that in this game. And one of the things I noticed is that if you can't be efficient against this team, I feel like you have the offensive line that can can be bullies. I don't see a whole lot of like penetration in that department, from that defensive line, and I don't think they play on the other side of the field on the ground. Jordan Phillips is a big dude. 6'6", like 350. I mean, he's huge, right? But I, and, he takes up bodies, but I don't, I don't really see him play on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Ed Oliver, quality pass rusher. Smaller guy. I think he could be moved. Russo is a, is a long athlete, like a five-tech type. He can play the edge pretty well. But the, the in my opinion, the guy that keeps that that, that run game respectable from a defense side of the ball is Dotson. I, I think Dotson is, is is the athlete. Like I said, sideline to sideline. He can see it. He, he got the speed to make guys miss and get downhill and make a tackle. But I, I just don't think their run defense is is, is a, a fearing run defense. I don't. Um overall, they're 29th in the NFL in yards per attempt on the ground. Which again is 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 weird. This defense is really weird because if you go and look at how they've played against running backs earlier in the season, they were terrible against them. So that number was sky high. I mean, they had games where running backs were averaging seven and six yards per carry. I mean, it was ridiculous. But the only team whose running backs averaged more than three point eight yards per carry over the last eight games were the Eagles. So they figured that out a little bit, but just watching it on film, I I don't. I don't fear their run defense, so I still think you can you can do what you do offensively from a run game standpoint. Split those carries, get to that twenty-five attempt mark with those with uh, Rico Dowdle and TP. And I think the Cowboys will be all right. I think the Cowboys will be all right. Now they not they don't blitz a lot. Now let me bring this up here. They they don't blitz a ton. And they, and they do this Jim Johnson thing, guys. If you guys remember Jim Johnson, uh, rest in peace. I know he's a, he's a Philly legend, but as a football guy, he was one of my favorite defensive coordinators to watch during that era. Fantastic defensive coordinator. They'll show blitz, right? They'll mug the A-gaps. That's a Jim Johnson staple all damn day, it feels like. And then they'll either drop back or they'll send a guy and and they're going to you know test your communication up front now jim sent that blitz a whole lot doesn't happen with sean mcdermott they're about middle of the pack when it comes to that but when he does send the blitz it kind of looks like wink martindale y'all y'all remember wink right cowboys play wink a couple times the difference here is wink plays a crap ton of man when he does it uh what i mean by it looks wink martindale ish is that Hey, we're going to simulate pressure on one side. But we're overloading on the other. And we're actually going to drop back. So, we're, we're again, we're challenging your communication up front. We're challenging your quarterback up front. Good thing is, you got a Dak Prescott. Who knows how to navigate said situation. So... Regardless, I think you're going to have to have a game plan against it just in case they do send it, or if they don't, what I'd like to see them do is attack the middle of the field, whether it be with seam routes or whether it would be with guys coming to sit down in the middle of the field, pull these guys out of their zone, distract them, and I really do believe in our concepts against this defense. Now, what was the game that I studied? It was the Bengals, and I'm going to tell you why. I mean I, I I watched the 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 Chiefs game as well but midway through that I was like hmm, the Chiefs aren't the same offense man. It's not the same offense. We have the same skilled players. I know they got a Patrick Mahomes, I know they got a uh, Andy Reid, but I'll give you my reasons why here in a second. In the last 6 weeks they've only they have only played two high end quarterbacks. That's it. The other games, Jets, Bucks, Broncos, But y'all know what I'm saying. Last week, they played Patty. And like I just said, that offense ain't the same to me. It's not the same, folks. Studied the Bengals. Because I feel like the Bengals most similarly represent what we do. Right. From a skill standpoint, I think you got two top tier quarterbacks who can read defense, can make all the throws, has mobility. I think from a skill player standpoint, they got a respectable running back. We got a respectable running back. They've got an elite wide receiver core. I believe we have an elite wide receiving core. They got a number one. We got a number one. Got a number two. You got to watch out for. So do we. They have a legitimate number three slot guy. Well, we got a plethora of dudes who know, at any given day can be a number three wide receiver. So I want to pull up some uh, some film on, on this game as soon as I can get it, get it correct, Cowboys Nation. Bear with me, please. Uh, I should have had this prepared for y'all. My apologies. I mean, I have it, but it ain't quite like I it One second here. Boom, boom bow bang i think this will work you move down here bam if something messes up here we'll figure it out we'll fix it in fact i do think i want to do let me see this bow here we go this will work all right this is the uh you go back here. This is the Bills defense against the Bengals, I believe, in week nine. And this look here, again, I got to fix this top so you can see that there's a light box. But this is what we talk about. When they have a light box, one, two, three, four, five, six, you've got to be able to run on this. We talk about a lot, uh, or at least Schottenheimer talked about, hey, we got to run the ball when they know we're going to run the ball. My thing is you got to run the ball when you when you can run the ball against light boxes. You got to be able to do it. And there was some instances where they did this. I, I thought uh, both of their running backs in Williams and Mixon did that fairly well, right? Uh, but they didn't do it a whole lot because they didn't need to because Joe Burrow was on one in this game. Another position that had a ton of success in this game, and when this game made me go back and look at other teams that had some tight ends. But the tight ends, man. The tight ends. This is Irv Smith catching touchdown over Jordan Porter The tight ends were fantastic in this one. Yeah, let me go ahead and fix this real quick. Here we go. Here we go. One more. Tight ends were fantastic in this one. Uh, They caught 10 passes for 101 yards and two touchdowns. Another tight end pass right here. And all three of them got busy in this one. So that's what made me think, okay? That's what made me think. Maybe Hendershot can get busy in this game. Maybe may, maybe Schoonmaker could potentially get busy in this game. Nonetheless, here's the mugging that I'm talking about. Now, I know a lot of teams do this, but a lot of the times they're going to pull back. But what you got to be able to do is if they show this look, and this is, a, a again, a light box look, you got to be able to run at this thing. And they did that. I thought, I thought Mixon ran hard. I thought they were efficient when they needed to be. Now, this is the double A-gap mug look where they're they're going to uh, not blitz. It looks like they're going to blitz, but they're going to pull back here. But this test is, in my opinion, this tests your offensive line. And on this particular play, Joe Burrow is going to adjust. And he should have been a full start. But Joe Burrow is going to adjust the protection just in case they do blitz. And I do respect how disciplined they are in their zone. I don't think these guys are lost. This isn't the Eagles, uh, you know, the Eagles defense. I feel like they get lost a lot. Uh, so you're going to have to be able to make the correct read, make it fast, and and get the ball to your guys to get upfield, get a first down. But that's what they like to do. Uh, if you happen to miss it, they'll show a double A gap blitz, but they'll only send a, a normal four and they'll drop back. These guys right here. And sometimes 20, you know, is that 25? Yeah, 25 will just flat out turn his head to the quarterback and uh, just try to find work. Let's see what we got here. Oh, this is a tight end play. So, one thing, I, I wonder if they saw this on film. Again, they give you these wonky looks sometimes. I have all these guys at the line of scrimmage. One, two, three, four, five, 2, and, and he could be a lurker where he, he'll blitz. Just in case he does blitz, this is my guy, right? Like, I got you. I feel like they saw something on film that said, well, if I got my tight end back here blocking, looking like he's blocking, making so uh, this guy commit, then I can leak out here. And that's what happens on this play. That's the tight ends man right here. Because he thinks he's blocking, gets released. And I I truly do believe this was deliberate. And it's not a walk-in touchdown, but damn near a walk-in touchdown. So once again, this is my guy if he blitzes. It's going to take care of him. However, He's not really blitzing it for being honest. He's taking a look at sample just in case he goes out for a route. Sample shows block. Psych. Easy walking touchdown. So, you know, watching the Bengals, I see a lot of things the Cowboys can implement because we do a lot of bunch formations like this. We do some pre snap, we do a lot of pre snap motion. The Bengals don't do a whole lot of pre snap motion like the Cowboys, but I like it. But again, this is a Cowboy staple play. Absolutely love this play. We haven't run in quite some time. I love to see it. Uh, this is the fake screen right here. Let's fake the screen. We're going to send him up. Now, I think maybe this was a miscommunication because you shouldn't have two guys in the same area. But when you fake that screen, he's going to bite. He's going to bite. And they're actually going to go drop back into a zone like they normally do. And you got two guys wide open down here. Personally... I'm sending one guy inside to drag this dude, and then I got the uh, the nine route here, but uh, it is what it is. The wheel worked. They got it done. The Cowboys run that play extremely well. I would love to see them test this uh, bill secondary with that play again. I don't remember the last time we saw a Cowboys Nation. Carolina. There we go. Boom. We ran it against Carolina, and the Cowboys were successful in doing so. So if you want to get a good look at what this defense could look like against the Cowboys, I will go watch the Bell, the Bengals game. Watch the Chiefs. The Chiefs don't have the weapons. The Chiefs don't—they don't really respect the Chiefs' weapons like they respect. Like I think they're going to respect the Cowboys' weapons. Um, they're not going to come out that shell. They're going to play too high. They play it more than damn any team or top ten doing it. So you got to be able to run against it. And the times that they do get into some man coverages or some you know match zone stuff. You got to take advantage. Uh, Rasul Douglas had a fantastic year a couple years ago. He's not playing terrible now. I think he's solid, but I don't think he can deal with a, a CeeDee Lamb or Brandon Cooks down and down now. Tyron Johnson, their nickel corner. Again, I don't really care if he's healthy or not. I don't think you can mess with CeeDee Lamb. He's banged up a little bit, right? Go after him. Go after him. But I would test the communication of this defense. They really haven't, haven't seen a, a offense of late that runs as many you know, motion things as the Cowboys do. So I think it will test their communication throughout the day. Philly doesn't do it a whole lot. Uh, even Cincinnati. Cincinnati doesn't run a whole lot of pre-snap motion. Dallas will. I think Dallas, the here-we-go offense, you saw it against Philly. Yeah, it was on the road, but they were still doing motion. So I think Dallas should keep at that and uh, test that communication of Buffalo Bills defense. <laughs> All right. Let's jump into these phone lines real quick and talk to you guys for a little bit here. Then we'll take a look at some Super Chats and we'll wrap to the chat, man. Not... Oh,
4: oh, oh. Everything on the outside is good to go.
2: Okay. Um, Screens are good. Ceiling are uh, outside. The screens are good. Your deck is good. Um, so... I ain't going to do that to you. Uh, Some... So, so. Nine two nine, I'm gonna come back to you. Nine two nine, I don't know what's happening over there, but uh, sound like you are at work. Sound like you gotta gotta build some things and you're charging some people. So uh, take care of the bill. Uh, let's get the Chris. <laughs> you don't know, wipe them 304s. What's good, bro. Hello, what's up, bro? What's up
7: you with me? you? Uh, can you hear me?
2: Faintly, you know, a little bit. All
7: right, let me uh.
2: Can you hear me now? I got you. Sweet,
7: yo, yeah, man. So listen to this, right? I, I work in the Philadelphia area, right? Live there. I was talking crazy this week, bro. As I went
2: should. in. I went
7: into I went in work on Monday. I had my cowboy Superman cape on. I had a boombox playing We Boys. I was letting them hear it, Very. right. So, I go into work today, right? I get an award at work. I'm all proud of myself, and they start doing me. And they're like, oh, Cowboys suck, Cowboys suck. And I look at them, and I, I did the DX. You know you know what I'm talking about. Right in their face, bro. I'm, I'm still on one from that game. I'm actually more hyped now than I have been all week about that game. Why is that? Uh, no, after that whole situation. So, I'm going to say this, right? The Eagles are going to lose to the Cardinals and we're going to win the division. Call me. We don't wipe these three oh four
2: or Hey man, I, I, I love, I love, I love for that to happen. Interesting. You say the Cardinals, a lot of people are, are, are hot on Tommy uh, DeVito right now. A lot of people got the giants whooping on him once or twice in, in, in his last three or four games. So, uh, but the Cardinals do have the quarterback to make some plays, right? So, this isn't, although Josh Dobbs beat the Cowboys. This isn't that quarterback. This is this is a better quarterback that they'll be going up against. But look, any given Sunday, I, you know, I know they got quote unquote an easier schedule. But like I just, like I said the other day, I just watched the Tennessee Titans beat the Miami Dolphins. Recently. This is recent. So this isn't like, oh, well, that's week two. No, this happened on Sunday. And Philly's reeling a little bit, man. Teams are figuring these boys out. They, they quarterback, you know, it's funny, they all love their quarterback who's monotone, don't show no emotion, says the same damn things at the podium while, as they're winning, right? And I used to always say, people used to come at Dak because on the sideline, he's chill, he's being even, or at least it looks that way when the camera's on him after, you know, they score a touchdown or, or make a mistake or something. So he's trying to stay even, kill would be like, I don't like Dak Prescott looking like that. I'm like, fam, Jalen Hurts does that all the time and no one says anything. What do you want what do you want to do? Go over there and start crying? You want them to start throwing things around and getting crazy and and, and tearing up this the, the sideline? Man, no. The the quarterbacks have to be able to stay on an even kill. But I find it hilarious now that they're losing and the Eagle fans are turning on. Like, I don't want to hear the the standard is the standard anymore. I don't want to hear, you know, all the things he says every week. I, I just love it, man. The I Instagram, love it.
7: Ca- the Instagram captions.
2: Yeah, all the Instagram caps, yeah, exactly. With the, with the black and white photos in the back and the edits, yeah, yeah, they don't care about that.
7: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I think they're going to lose that game because Jonathan Gannon's going to go in there and he's going to be on one. And Philly fans are going to hate Jonathan Gannon even more after that game. Sure. And, hey, one more thing before I leave. Uh, yeah, I feel great about this matchup on Sunday due to the fact that, you know, their offense is very reliant on Stephon Diggs. Bro, we got Stephon Gilmore. And and honestly, I don't think I've ever felt more. I haven't felt this confident in a long time about, you know, going into matchups with a corner than I have with Stephon Gilmore. I I mean, for real. Like, I I, I don't think he's the type of dude that'll let, like, you know, a a receiver go for 150 or something crazy like that. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say their offense is relying on Stephon Diggs. He's not even really been – he's been just, in my opinion, another guy for, for quite a while now, for like a couple weeks or a month. I think their offense is heavily reliant on Josh Allen to do everything. Like, that, that that's the thing. Josh Allen has to literally do everything in that offense. Now, Ken, not Ken Dorsey, uh, Joe Brady has, he's alleviated some of that pressure by, by including James Cook in the past game and using Latavius Murray and James Cook in the run game, but I'd argue, you know, Dalton Kincaid, you know, is a guy. I know they got they got Diggs out there, but they also have a Dalton Kincaid too. So I wouldn't say it's relying on, on Diggs at all, honestly.
7: Hey, and this might, you know, obviously it sucks not having Hankins, but if there's a single team that, like, if I had to choose a team for Hankins to not be there, it would be the Bills because they're not a team that necessarily runs on the interior.
2: Yeah, Hankins was going to suck, you know.
7: It, that, that, that's you know.
2: gonna suck, man. Um, he, he was such a good player. No matter where they tried to run, he you know he'd force the action outside. It just it sucks not having him. I, I don't I don't like having him, not having him. Period. Uh, I'd rather be against like Washington. You know where where Washington don't like to run the ball. Uh, Joe Brady will get he'll he'll get in, in stints where he'll run the rock. He, you know he'll run it so. I'm hoping Cowboys get up enough that they make Joe Brady say, "All right, we're gonna put this game in Josh Allen's hands." But I hate not having Hankers in this game, especially on the road. I do. Yeah, definitely. I feel you. Well, all right, Sky. God bless you and your family. Thank you, brother. Let's get all the right. uh, Let's get the Marcus man. Oh. What's good with you, bro? Yo, yo. What's good, bro? What's
0: good? Good what's morning. Having? Good morning. What's
2: Hey, hey, man. Yeah, look. That yeah. If they
0: play, if they play in that shell, that's right. We got to attack that in the middle of yeah. the field. I agree with you. You know, one thing I I noticed about your film, man. You know, um, and it kind of it kind of upset me. It's gonna get to a larger point, but what I what I will say about that, uh, your film study, what you were showing a little bit there is, uh, Gronkowski and Brady in New England. They mastered that that kind of cat and mouse game. What do we do? When you kind of fake this glitch and show this stuff, whatnot, right? So, so Gronkowski was. People forget how good a blocker he was up there, and they yep. did the same thing in Tampa. They were almost calling their own plays at the line of scrimmage. Yep. Gronkowski and Brady were. They got dollars on one and of those. If they, if, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's why I, you know, that's why I'm looking at Ferguson. You know, Ferguson's the word they say. Ferguson, Ferg, Ferg Ferg on beast out there. If they, if, if he sits there, and and they show glitches, he sees he can snip out late delays and stuff like that. So they're building that, I think. And and I guess my point, my larger point is that I just hate, even though they they've taken some tremendous strides. The Cowboys have offensively and quickly. It, where would this offense be, man, if they had if they had been let Mike McCarthy do this once he got once he first yeah. got here? It, it just it just frustrates because a lot of this we wouldn't be worried about because we'd already know that they can handle it, even with the sample size that we've had up to this point. You know, but that's that's, that's, a, that's just me from Wells. But hopefully, man, we can attack them, at underbelly, because if they're not going to let us beat them deep, and they probably aren't, then that sounds like Ferguson and Pollard and, and Rico. That sounds like it's going to be a big game for those guys. So that's what I'm looking forward to, man. And oh, man. and if you're going to be great, man, I I believe greatness is about uh, occasion. It's not location. If so I can ape the playmaker for a minute, you know, it, 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 it's not. Greatness is greatness is not about location. It's about occasion. You you gonna have to be great. You can be great wherever, man. So sure. let's get this out here on the road and let's say hey, we the same, We them we them boys wherever we at. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing these next couple of weeks. So uh, great show, man. As always, Patrick Noce doing his thing and and keep it pushing, B. I
2: right, man appreciate you, B. uh Yeah, sure. man. Hey, let me lock that up. All right, cool. Um, I said this during the. Hell, I think it was the off season. It might have been a regular. I don't know, but I brought this up many different times. I, I, just imagine where we could have been at four years, year four. I would have took year two to be honest. I thought Wonder Bread, or uh, Wonder Boy should have been should have been canned after the the first playoff loss to the to the Niners. You know, but you know your front office got to do it their way. And, they're they're learning that that's not always the best way. So it is what it is, man. Let's keep it moving. Jay Worthy, What's good, brother. Yo, Whoops. yo, Scott. What
5: it is, my guy? What's up with you? Uh, you know, just driving. You know, hey, be careful back from
6: the service. So, hey, man, listen, I'm good. I <laughs> I, I was at the uh, my service. I was texting and texting at my service, but now that I'm driving. I'm good, my guy. All right, cool. Look. When, when, when you look at this, this Bill's game, and this is how I feel. This is not how everybody else feels, nothing like that. We're going to blow them out. Why do I say that?
1: I love because it. when we
6: played that Eagles game, we looked ourselves in the mirror. The Eagles, offensively and defensively, they mirror us. We look ourselves in the mirror and we say who we are. And we showed it. We was better than that team. We blew them out. That was our only big test. When you look at the, the way the four-letter network is doing it, and, and they put this in just this two-team box of who we are. Oh, they can't. Let's see them do this against the Eagles. Let's see them do this against the Niners. Because they know we are head and shoulders better than everybody else. They know that. And so now, when we're going, to, when we're going to, against the Buffalo Bills, now they're trying to put that Buffalo Bills team in that box with the Eagles and with the 49ers, and we ain't going to let them do that. We're going to blow out the Buffalo Bills. I promise you. And your film your film study, it shows it. I'm looking at your film, and I'm like, you see these linebackers with their backs towards the quarterback? Oh, we're going to eat that up all day. Like you said, Hendershot, Fergie, Autumn, TP coming out the backfield, It is we are who we are, and they are who we thought they were. They seven and six, we're ten and three, and it's going to be trouble for them. It's going to get dark for them. What you think,
2: Scott? Nah, it's about what you think. Man. I mean, hey, I hope you're right. You know, I mean, I did my breakdown. You know, I talked about where they where they 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 struggle at, where they're good at. Uh, it's a tough team. you playing on the road. I think they're going to give us a nice little challenge. But man, I, I would love to blow them out.
6: Scott. When the last time you saw in the middle of December, fifty degrees, <laughs> you know warm weather, low wind, precipitation, like you said, a little spit of rain, a little spit of rain—that's nothing. Great football weather in Buffalo. This is I, this is our year, Scott.
2: Buffalo. Let's <laughs> just focus on Buffalo. All right, Jay Worthy. Alright, All right, man. Salute. Salute. Look, man. I I look. Hey. Y'all think we gonna blow him out. Y'all think we're gonna blow him out, man. I I ain't quite there yet, you know, with, with with that situation. I think I think, you know, you're gonna need the defense, in order to blow them out, you're gonna need the defense to do what the defense does at the crib, and that's create turnovers, score some points and things like that. I what do you want me to do, man? Y'all know I can't fake the fuck, man. I I, I think we're going to beat this team. 100%. I've seen scores in here, though, 42 to like 10 or something like that. Like, bro, if we beat these dudes 42 to 10 or something like that, I think that's a good team over there. I I, I don't think this is some rinky-dink-ass squad. and we're playing on the road at the end of the day you know you not the same you know it is what it is you're not the same team on the road as you are at home I get that but woo we'd love to blow him out we'd love to blow him out man I'm not, I'm not gonna pour no I'm not gonna pour no salt in your Kool-Aid dog Skip the 929 let's see if he back on the horn what's good okay oh oh you 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 on sir? but, on? Uh, you, you know earlier we, 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 <laughs> we. Earlier we we you know you was out there making some moves. You know what I'm saying in these streets. You...
4: <laughs> oh, we yeah, I'm you. out here making some moves, man. I work task control, so I was speaking with one I of my customers. You, bro. I hear you, bro. All right, what's going? On? What's going
2: on, Mister Walks on the Sky? How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastic. What you got for the show?
4: Uh, a couple things, real quick. Uh, I uh, last time I spoke with you, uh, it was way back when in training camp. Uh, watch show. You know, uh, we was talking about Austin Richards. My name is Austin. Will. Um, my thing is, I I, I, I'm relishing in the fact that it's a weird year because when Dak is playing at the level he's playing. And you got a salty person like Cam Newton who ain't do really much of nothing outside of, you know, game-changing and not diving on the fumble <laughs> and the Super Bowl. Everybody's criticizing our quarterback, and, yes, he keeps going out here. I honestly think that we are going to beat the ever-loving shit out of the Buffalo Bills. I live, in, I live in New York for the time being. And the weather has been pretty much 50 60, yeah, they got us. 50. Maybe a 40 degree. There,
2: there, there it is. 50 <laughs> degrees. 50 degrees. Uh, uh, occasional shower. Higher, higher around 50 with 13 miles per hour. Look, man. That that's sounds like Florida to me. That's, that's my home. State. That's, fo- that's, that's beautiful football. That's weather. my what home state. About? Beautiful. Bro, I think we're going
4: to beat the dog life out of these fellas. I, I think the score is going to be somewhere between 44 to 20. I'll give Josh Allen 20 points because he ain't no scrub. He ain't he ain't yeah. Jalen Hurts, but he, he will, he will. He most definitely will give us some turnovers, and you can't give that ball to Dak Prescott right now.
1: Sure.
4: You can't because throw going to score. And then, just like you guys said on the show last night, and even if we don't score, all we need is 30 yards if you kick it off and we going to kick the field goal. Aubrey's not missing this year. I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on. Everybody is. Everybody is freaking out because the Cowboys are good. This is what we always did. Everybody's waiting on the uh, on the old oh, accident waiting to happen. Well, accident waiting to happen happens to thirty one other teams. Hmm. The inevitable happens to thirty one other teams. Only one team gets to win the Super Bowl, and only one quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes has been playing at an elite level since they've been in the doggone. So, what are we doing here? Yeah. That, that's my question. What are we doing here? That trust guy has been playing at an elite level since his rookie year. And because he doesn't have a Super Bowl, he's trash. Well,
2: is Dan Marino trash? Oh, man. I mean, you, look, that that's a low-hanging fruit conversation right there. But, you know, at the Cam. The- it is,
4: but they always want to bring it up. They always want to bring it up. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like there's plenty of great quarterbacks who's, who's killed the league. And it's a hard thing to win the Super Bowl. 100%. Sure. All my thing is, Cowboys, yeah, all my thing is, I'm like Scott. I'm trying to hold off on this is our year. I'm trying to hold off, Scott. Buffalo, let's beat the crap out of Buffalo, and let's just go from there. Because if we win the Super Bowl, I'll see you in Texas, and I'll <laughs> bail anybody out of
2: jail. Carpe Omni, Cowboys Nation. Love y'all. Take <laughs> tell so. Yeah, they hell want us to do that? But where's Sky at? Why ain't Sky on the show after the Super Bowl? I'm locked up, either locked up or passed out, one of the two. I see y'all on the afternoon show, maybe evening, maybe not even. Uh, look, man, I just I just take a dub in the Buffalo, man. I can, somebody in the chat said I don't give a damn about the score. I, you, I'm with you. I don't care, man. Just get on the road, win, play clean, and specifically speaking offensively because that's what we are talking about today. I'd like to see them build some some momentum on the road because it's very possible you're going to have to play on said road. But, uh, yeah, man. Y'all got it. Y'all got it. Y'all got it. 702, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Scott? What's up with you, man?
5: Nothing much, man. Hey, I got a comment. You know, everybody keeps talking about Deck Prescott. My comment is, since Deck got in the league, Dak been the most scrutinized quarterback of all time in a short period of time. My question to you is, do you think anybody else would have been able to handle all the pressure that Dak deals with, not even on the field, just being a Dallas Cowboys quarterback?
2: Uh, Yeah, that that's something that people don't talk about, you know. And then when they do bring it up, it's, ah, well, that just comes with it. Sure, it does. But, I mean, you you can kind of grade things on a curb having to deal with what you got to deal with here in Dallas. And I'm not even just talking about the the attention. I mean, attention's attention. You got social media nowadays. I'm talking about what he has to deal with ownership-wise. I, I do think that, it, and not just him, but the coach too. So, yeah, I think it's different. If you're a part of this organization, specifically a, a quarterback in this organization, you're dealing with something that 31 org- organizations are not dealing with. That's just how I feel.
5: Correct. And I also feel like this. They keep, a lot of the, the uh, media keeps saying that you can't put Dak on another team. I disagree with that. If Dak could have just went to any team and just been able to play, I think Dak would have balled out. You know? Now if you take any other quarterback that they keep saying could come to Dallas, I disagree with that. How many mental quarterbacks are out there?
2: Who's saying that? Somebody saying anybody can come play quarterback in Dallas?
5: Uh have have you been watching the uh first take and all that lately?
2: I don't watch that, no.
5: Oh, well, a few of them are saying that they can put Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes Oh wait, 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 what
2: that's, what the, Who comes up with these conversations? Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, of course. Yeah, they can come to Dallas and play the position. These dudes are, are elite talents. That's low-hanging, like, again, that's low-hanging, st- stupid conversations. Oh, hey, Patrick Mahomes is going to play in Dallas. Of course. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Come on. What are we doing, first take? I mean, that's goofy. Now, can 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 Trevor come play here? Can uh Tua come play here? Can Jalen come play here? Can can those guys deal with all this other stuff? That maybe we have a conversation. But you bring up Josh Allen and and, and, and Patrick Mahomes. What are they doing on these shows, man? This is goofy. I don't
5: know. Clickbait. Doing a lot of clickbait, man. But uh that's all I wanted to say, Sky. Appreciate it. Yes, You're sir. Cowboys Nation.
2: Salute to you, man. Salute. I, you know. These shows, man, they, they, they're getting bored. What was it a couple weeks ago? In the middle of, the, of this winning streak they brought up, is Dak Prescott an all-time great Cowboys quarterback? What? Guys. I mean, if you're going there for entertainment, to laugh at the ha-ha, like, if you're doing that, by all means, do your thing. If you're going there for quality football takes, boy... You're going to be waiting a long time. Now, you got to sift through the, because there's some guys like RC. Man, I respect RC. Me and them boys. NFL Live, cool. NFL Live, cool. Um, get up, hit or miss sometimes, depending who's there, but I fool with it. Um, most of those FS1 shows are garbage. But first things first is I, you know, I get what this shtick that they're doing over there. Might not even going to speak about the other one. That's a terrible show. I'm liable to get canceled to talk about a particular person on there, but boy. (sighs) B-Bird. Close us out, man. What's up with you? Hey, what's
8: up, Scott? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Look, um, we just don't listen to those shows. Those are the low-hanging fruit. They sit around in production. Lazy. to say, How many different ways, let's come up with the different ways we can steer this show towards the Dallas Cowboys, you know, in baseball and basketball season. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's what pays the bills. And that's why, you know, if you really want knowledge, man, you can't go to those. They don't, it's just entertainment, uh, entertainment. barbershop talk. And that's all it is, man. You're never going to get any good football knowledge. All you're going to do is run yourself hot. But it's all pre-planned. That's why you never watch. It's not organic at all, man. So I never watch those shows uh, because I I want, Intellect, I want somebody to stir yeah. my mind. Uh, give me something that I can look forward to in the games. Crack open your cranium and fertilize your brain? Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said something earlier, Scott, I want to comment on I want to give you some credit on. You said that, man, look, that Kansas City offense just ain't it. Uh, no, I want to give you some credit on that because not a lot of people saying that. The the easy way to say Mahomes is great, he's an all-time talent, so they're going to be good. But let me just say this. One of the things that I said after last year, and you remember me saying this, that no uh, cowboy wide receiver caught a pass after after the second quarter. I mean, excuse me, after the first quarter of that game, it showed you how bad our our um, offensive uh, wide receiver core was. Uh, then Pollard got hurt, so we only had one playmaker, and you're just not going to beat that 49 defense with one guy that makes plays out there. So what I'm I'm getting to is that I'll be honest with you, I was more disappointed in you know, the first time with that, you know, the first San Francisco playoff game than the last one because he just didn't have anyone to throw to. Context matters, but everybody put it on his back, and I was like, y'all can't put this on this guy's back. But I think what they're finding out in Kansas City is that, you know, wide receiver talent matters. They uh, lost Tyreek and they won a Super Bowl with uh, Juju Smith being a – didn't let him go. You can't keep devolving and, 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 and losing talent and think your quarterback is going to pack all these, these also-rans yep. to, the, to, the, you know, to the promised land. It's just not going to happen. When you have a franchise quarterback, you got to get the most. You got to not say, "Okay, what can, how can we reduce the the core around him, and and he, and it still works." That's not the way you do it. You you increase the talent around him yep. and win Super Bowls while you got that guy in play. And so they've done, they're finding out right now. And I think, Scott, if you go back and look off my mind, it's two games they had credible wide receivers. They probably would have won. You know what I'm saying? You take the offsides away, a credible wide receiver wouldn't have got that. And then I think the ball, I think somebody in the Philly game, I think it was a ball that uh, a guy – I don't know if he dropped it or he just – He dropped it. When he turned over just, dropped. just flat yeah. out dropped and it. Dropped it. And th- those are two games right there that, okay, if you got Tyreek or if you can have Juju, you probably win those games. So they're finding out that, you know, a quarterback alone, I don't care how great he is, I don't care if he's – you know, even half with Brady, if you go back and think about it, they kept – losing talent at the wide receiver position, expecting him to work wonders. And at some point in time, Brady said, no, I'm out of here, man. You know what I'm saying? You won't put people around me to help me. I'm out of here. All we're going to do is get to deep in the playoffs or a division round, and we just can't go. And he went to Tampa Bay with a great wide receiver core, and you see what happened there. Mm. So I, I just wanted to just give you credit for talking about Mahomes and that Kansas City situation, man, because you just cannot continue to, to not support your quarterback with acquisitions and expect him to work miracles, man. Even a, a talent as great as Mahomes, and we all know he's a great
2: quarterback. We, we've been having that. I mean, I've only been doing this for, you know, about three seasons. Three and a half, if you count kind of that 2019 year where, you know, 2020, 2019, 2020, where I was just kind of figuring things out. And I've been I've been having that discussion for ever, even prior to that, right? And you kind of been – you were here from day one, and you know that was something I yeah. always bring up every offseason because the conversation gets brought up. Well, he's got – this, this, and this, and I'm like, well, number one, you need to supply that for your your quarterback. Number one, number two, it really doesn't stop there. You can look, you can have decent players to really good players, but if you've got piss poor coaching, it does not matter. Yeah. And and, and if and if you have just one or the other, you know how hard it is to overcome that. Now imagine yeah. you you've got one or the other, and then you also got to deal with a front office that is not caught up to the league.
1: Hey, you yeah. just
2: just find me. I think I asked this question in the off season. Find me an organization in the last ten years that had a very suspect front office, suspect coaching, but they, they had quality quality players, or they might have had quality players, suspect coaching, suspect front. You know what I mean? You know, or whatever, in whatever order you yeah. want. You literally need these three things to be clicking in said season, in my opinion, for you to do some really damn good things. It is hard, you know, year in year out to overcome that stuff. Maybe you get a lightning in the bottle every here or there. But consistently, and then, that's just not going to happen.
8: And then we go against the 49ers who have them all in a row, right? And got they them got all. They got you know coaches. And got they got you know, in the front off. And then you wonder why we lose, and then people look at on the field and, "No, man, this this is bigger than that, man." <laughs> you all yeah. don't understand y'all looking at the field, but it's just really the product of everything else that's that's all.
2: So I hate this for Pat because I'm a huge Pat Mahomes fan, but at the end of the day, I feel like people needed to see this. People yeah. needed to see this that you cannot just strip. No matter how good you are, you cannot strip a quality quarterback of weapons and say, "Hey, just go out there with Kadarius Tony and MVS and go win us a Super Bowl." Yeah, and and, and let's be honest, and a, and a and a shell of himself, Jason or not Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Travis Kelsey ain't the elite all-pro Travis Kelsey of last year. He's not. So now you're asking Pat Mahomes to say, all right, look, go out here and cover all this stuff against these quality teams. Man, them boys ain't going yeah. to – they not winning no Super Bowl. They ain't going to the playoffs. Nah. They may even win a playoff game, but they're not going to the, – they're not winning a Super Bowl. It's not happening. So I'm I'm, I'm yeah. kind of happy that the the nation can see an all-time great quarterback needs help, but – let me ask you a question because I don't watch these shows. Is that the conversation, though, out there? Is it loud? Is it giving the same energy as when, you know, and Noah Brown was here and 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 then Michael Gallup and those? Is it the same?
8: I don't think it is. Well, the thing, well here's the deal. The, the problem is with me and you, Scott, we wouldn't know because I, well, I don't watch those shows, sure. <laughs> to be totally honest with you. Uh, I just – I've cut them all out. The chat may know. But I don't know what the narrative is. I think they're probably – you know, they, he's a media darling, so they're probably making excuses for him, but um, – you know what I'm saying? And my home use, the They're not getting the that we would
2: have got. I hate to use the word excuses. right? I hate that. Nowadays, man, that has turned into such a, a, a derogatory word. So I've been trying to use ch- reasons. Because a yeah. reason might sound like an excuse. No, they're just legitimate reasons. There's a reason why they're losing these games in the clutch because the receivers suck. There's a reason why, yeah. you know, the, the Packers or, or the Eagles, you know, get a victory because MVS can't catch the ball. There's a reason why the Buffalo Bills don't, you know, and they're, they're not losing with a minute left to go because Kadarius Toney doesn't know how to line up off on size. There's a reason why opening game they lose to the Detroit Lions because Kadarius Toney dropped 17 passes. Those are reasons. Yeah. Those are reasons. Maybe there are reasons with are- them and they're considered excuses with us, but those are legitimate reasons. Yeah.
8: And the last thing I want to say, man, is this game here, um, is a, it'll show our maturity, I think. And I, the reason yeah. why I say that, Scott, because I used to do some uh, sports gambling, right? And, and we have an anomaly right now that, that doesn't happen often, but it happens a few times uh, in the season. And what I'll, I'll tell you what it is. It's uh, a team like Dallas that played a division rival goes on the road uh, in in the other conference and plays. They don't really fare well. Um, as far as gambling wise, like covering the spread, are are winning. The reason why is because you know you um, you you put your emotions in this one game, and you want it, and then you go into a, a something that don't really you know is a team that you're not familiar with. Is it another conference?
2: Uncommon opponent. So yeah. A,
8: yeah. It's just a lot of stuff that like the emotions go down for that game. Like you don't have any kind of history with this team much, at all. So, and I'll give you one of the times that it happened recently. Uh, you remember the overtime game at eighteen that we won uh, against Philadelphia, at home. I think that's the one. Yeah, at home, at home. Yeah, that's the one. I think uh, uh, Cooper got that uh, tip ball. I think he won in overtime. Okay. Uh, we went to play Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis next week.
2: We lost twenty three to nothing. Well, you said recently
8: that was. That I'm was, sorry. Was a
2: long time no. ago, bro.
8: Oh no, but 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 I understand what you're saying but this ain't just for the cowboys this is for every team that
2: that that is in
8: place for every team
2: i mean if, so, if using your example i mean if you want to say recent I, I would i would maybe the chiefs i don't know what the who we played before that but when the cowboys went to to kansas city you know they, they they left there with a stinker uh maybe that's like the most recent type of example i don't know who they played the week before i know they lost next week though to la uh but I don't know if I could go back that far, bro. I'm sorry. D- D- Dak Prescott in 2018. No, I'm not saying. You know, I'm, I'm
8: not. Oh no. It, but but this. But what, what I'm trying to say is, in this business, it's not like, oh no, this is a different team. No, this happens for everybody in the NFL. So this is still going on. Like it's a. What I'm trying to say is, emotionally, teams have a hard time getting back up after a big game like this, and so they don't necessarily play as well going to a team that they don't really, you know, not familiar with, and all that kind of stuff. So if they do come through and play well in this game I say okay this team's growing up you know what I'm saying cuz they they just going out there playing they ain't falling to no trends or anything like that That's i'd
2: argue can I, can I can i can i say this I, i'd argue pretenders don't get up for a game like this i'd argue yeah, I, would, I, would, I would agree with you contenders yeah. do um if if you are or if you are a legitimate contender that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go out there and, and win Right again. Like I said, this is not a it's not some bum ass team. This is a quality team on the road. Right. So, if you're a, if you're a pretender, yeah, you might say all oh, my emotions supported in beating the Eagles last week. We are gonna go out here and lay a dud. If you're a contender, you say, wait a minute now. Timeout. This team is their backs are against the wall. They're about to come out here clawing and scratching and fighting to try to get in the playoffs. Number one. Number two. What is the first thing you want to accomplish as a team? Win the division. Yeah. What do you have to do to do that? You gotta win, right? Yeah. And number three, our backs are against the wall. Oh, exactly, yeah, you know. our backs are against yeah. the wall. Number three. Yeah. Number three. You also are playing for number one overall seed. So, you know, I, I if they go out here and they lay in, lay an egg, that'll say more to that, that. That will honestly say more to me than if they lost this game fighting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you're, you're going to lose yeah. games, especially against quality opponents. But if they go out here and lay an egg, that will say, okay, maybe this team is a pretender, because they're going to have to play on the road.
8: And Scott, I'll tell you about my, my prediction. Uh, what I want the score to be, I want us winning by one. I don't give a damn what the score is. I mean, I just want the win. Man. Yeah, I, just I don't want the care about blowouts or anything. I just do, I want the W. Yeah. I don't care if it's by half a point, man. I just need the yeah. W, man. I'm gonna let you go, man, so you can get off with your day, man. I appreciate you talking
2: to me. Man, great, great, great talk there, uh, B Bird. And, and I'm with you. You know, the the style points sounds fun. It is fun. Definitely when you're coming off a victory like the Eagles, we all banging our chests and whatnot. Um, but maybe it's just me at the point of the season where get out there, get out of it with the dub. Get out of there healthy. Get out of there healthy. You know, I, I said this earlier. Like, you're, you're not going to blow everybody out. You're just not. I would love to do that. But I don't mind some some scraps. Don't mind that. Because you are in them playoffs, you're not going to be up 40 to 13 every, every week. You're going to be in some ugly scraps. And when the Cowboys got in ugly scraps the last two years, really, we can go further back. Ain't know how to respond in that situation. I don't mind I don't mind throwing some blows against quality opponents. I don't. They go out here and they they win by 10. Man, to me, that's a god dang blow <laughs> against this team on the road. You know? But if they got a scrap, they got out of here with a 10, 8, 9-point victory, whatever. I I I I think that would do more than that. We just blew out Buffalo 44-10. You know? Block field goal, touchdown. We up 24 to nothing at halftime, and we just coast our way through. Awesome victory. But there's a little bit of part of me that want to see this team on the road have to scrap and get a victory against a quality opponent because I promise you, I promise you, going into the playoffs, if you got to go to Philly, if you got go to go to San Francisco, if you got to go to Detroit for whatever reason, you're going to be scrapping. You're going to be scrapping, and are you ready for it? Do you know how to get that victory on that on the road? So, sure, if we blow them boys out in this one, fine. Little part of me want to see us scrap against Miami then. Can we handle that? That's all, you know? But at the end of the damn day, whether it's 40 to nothing or 35-34, two important things. Get out there with the dub and get out of there healthy. All right? So... That's kind of where I'm at with it. That's why when I do these break, when I, especially against a team like this, I mean, this ain't this ain't the Panthers. This ain't the Washington football people. I fully expect this game to be scrappy. Fully expect it to be. And we talked about this when the when the schedule broke. Oh, I love this part of the schedule. Because it's going to tell you everything you need to know about your squad. You want to go into these playoffs, having gotten to some fights, because if you think for a second the playoffs is just going to be a cakewalk, you're, you're you're mistaken. So when I saw this schedule, Miami, Buffalo, Philly, Detroit, because I knew Detroit was going to be a good team, I was like, oh yes, there's going to be none of this pretending stuff that we saw previously when you you're blowing out Washington, you know, because they trash. You're blowing out Philly's practice squad at the end of the season. Mm-mm. You're going to know a lot about your squad over this next month. I love it. Give me a nice scrappy battle against against, against a team. Because you know why? Because, you know, if you into the, what they got to say out there. But for, for them, right? You, you heard, Mike. Mike came out after the Seattle game and said, man, we needed this. We needed this. And I agree. Dallas needed to say, okay, if we get into a game where we got to go blow for blow, can we respond? Defense responded when it needed to the last three possessions, and your offense went down and got the game winning drive. I take that over 40 to nothing all day and tomorrow, because we beyond the first half of the season, first four games of the season, we at that stage of, who are you really? Or as my guy would say. Do I still got it? What's this one?
0: What do you mean by that?
2: No, not that one. <laughs> Did I get rid of it? There we go. Who in the blue hell are you? Who are you? Because we not the team in week five. No, nobody is. Nobody's the same team they were in week five. You're gonna find out. You're gonna find out over these next four. I digress. Let's get to some super chats here. What's today? Okay, a couple of them. Cool, cool, cool. Brad Howard, appreciate the super chat. Super chat. Brad Howard says, Cowboys play in New Jersey, Washington, Philly, every year. Why is there concern about cold weather in Buffalo? Um, You're right. Cowboys play at those places all the time. I think the conversation, though, comes up with Buffalo because I don't know if, if you're familiar, but, but Buffalo's weather, if it gets bad, it is nothing like playing in New Jersey, playing in Washington, D.C., or playing in Philly. It is nothing like it. So I think that's why there's a conversation. I think it's a fair conversation. But once you see the weather report, and the weather report says 50 degrees, I mean, that goes out the window. Now it's it's about, okay, the, the environment is going to be fine in regards to the weather. The weather's fine. Now it's just your normal road stuff. Buffalo's a tough place to play at. They're 5-2 and two at home right now. Um, even in their losses, these aren't just like they're getting blown out. Like it's, It is what it is. Teams play better at home. It's going to be loud. Really loud. The energy is going to be rocking, so you're going to have to meet them there. Uh, but weather-wise, as long as it's not some snowy game or, or 20 degrees or 15 degrees or whatever, right? Yeah, you'd be good to go. towboat tie. He dropped two. Super chat. Bold prediction. Bland going to get another pick six. So, in the Illuminati chat, we kind of talked about that a little bit I was on the fence of who would get a pick because I think I think one of our corners are going to get a pick, and I was watching the the Bills game. Interesting, he hasn't run many of these routes, but I was watch, or watching the uh, Denver game, and look, good quarterback Josh Allen's a fantastic quarterback, but he got ridiculous arm ta- or arm arrogance, very rid- ridiculous. He does crazy things, but this play wasn't a crazy play; it was just a straight up deep out. And because he can, you know, put it on you from a distance, right? He's got a laser. Sometimes he'll he'll arrogantly be be late because he's maybe waiting for something else. So he's a little late on that throw in Denver. My man did one of those patented uh Deron Bland picks, didn't return it for a touchdown, but it was on and out. I think, I think Tobolt tie, Deron Bland can get one on a, a, a play just like that. A play where I'm Josh Allen. I think this piss missile can beat you on a 15, 20 yard out, which is ridiculous. Not that many quarterbacks you even asked him to do that routinely, but he's got an arm. And Deron Bland is going to be sitting on that. And I think he's going to get one. I do. I think DB's going to get a pick. I don't know if it'd be a pick six, but I do think DB's going to get a pick. Next. Super chat. Sean King dropped five said it was nice to meet you sky. Hope Josh Allen have a bad day. Also, how you feel about game manager? Uh, appreciate that, uh, Deshaun. Nice nice to meet all of y'all out there at, uh, almost said Texas uh, at walk-ons. So we'll be back out there, of course, again on Sunday. Hope Josh Allen has a bad day. We all do, right? We want the, 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 the Josh Allen fans, the Bill fans to say, man, Josh Allen got a chill. <laughs> I'm not going to retweet my Josh Allen got to chill until until the end of the game or, you know, but it's ready. Um, Also, how do you feel about game manager? Deshaun, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Are you talking about the uh, Cam Newton thing? Cam, you know, this is the this is the wrong year, Cam, to be talking like that. It's not, not the year, bro. Not the year. Not the year to do it. I mean, if you wanted to talk about this years ago. If you wanted to talk about game manager, 2016, 17, 18, have I even give you 19? Sure. There's been nothing game managing about Dak Prescott for the last three or four seasons. If that's what you, if that's what you mean. Now, I could go in here on this because. So Cam brings up Dak and Purdy and these boys, and all of a sudden, you know, a lot of traffic for Cam Newton and bringing up his accolades and things like that. I, I loved watching Cam play. I rooted for Cam hard. I, I was one of those, you know, coming out of Auburn. He got a lot of scrutiny, you know. I, I was a big Cam Newton fan. Don't let fandom deter you from what you' watching out there as a football, as a quarterback playing football. Rooted for Cam. Exciting to watch. Fantastic athlete. Awful quarterback. I I hate to even do that. Say this again. Rooted for Cam. Fun football player to watch. Fantastic athlete. All right, I'll reword this. Mid-quarterback. You know, Cam, when you had to play quarterback, mid! Tell me
6: when I'm telling lies.
2: For those in the back, fantastic athlete, fun football player, quarterback,
1: mid!
2: I hate him doing this to Cam. So, game manager? I mean, was he a game manager? Probably not because he had to do a whole lot, right? Was he a game changer? Yeah, that one year, 100%. 100%. MVP year, dude, was unbelievable. But when you're talking about quarterbacking, man, don't talk, man. 59% complete. Do barely rookie after his rookie year he couldn't throw for four K in a passing error, wildly inaccurate, wildly turnover machine. Yeah, he can run, fantastic athlete, one hundred percent man, unbelievable athlete, unbelievable athlete, fun athlete, fun fun football player. But if we're talking about the quarterback position, he's not even. I don't even think he's on, he's not even close to Dak Prescott as, a, as just a quarterback. So you know what people are doing out here on these streets? Well, his accolades. There's, there's, there's cowboy fans out here just, just putting on a cape for a man. Well, he went to a Super Bowl. What has Dak Prescott done? His story is still being written. Cam Newton was out the league at 32. That's all you need to know. When you can't dunk no more, can you develop a three-point shot? Cam Newton couldn't dunk no more. Consistently. Ain't never have a three-point shot. (laughs) So you're going to come from my quarterback. And yes, I respect your MVP season. I I I respect you getting to the Super Bowl. I respect all of that. But I watched Cam Newton play. Like I watched you play, bro. Like I watched you play, man. I'm sorry. You, you, you were not a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Uh, you want to talk about with Brock Purdy? I don't give a damn about all that. But but Dak, ain't no way you could pop on watching them both of those dudes play the position of quarterback. And you're like, man, that motherfucker right there. He quarterbacking the hell out of this. Nah, that that dude running. <laughs> you know, I had conversations. Hey, is Cam the greatest running quarterback of all time? Right. Those were the conversations we was having. We wasn't having conversations with Cam Newton. Was Cam Newton ever a top 10 quarterback like that? No. I digress, man. <laughs> oh, Cam Blake Griffin. I went a little hard on Cam. My bad. Is there some Cam Newton fans in the building? Because I am a Cam Newton fan. I I'm reiterate that. Cam Newton fan. Ask my opinion on this whole game manager crap. Wrong year to do this, Cam. Wrong, wrong year to do this. I'm not about to defend Brock. I'm gonna let San Francisco 49 as Brock Purdy. No one cares about Jared Goff. I'm here to tell you right now we don't care. I don't care about Jared Goff. Cam Newton's Dwight Howard. His first three games uh, were crazy pass walks, and yo, I, I was, again, when he first came in, I was one on ones like, man, can't prove them dudes wrong, Cam. Let them know you can go back there and, and pop, 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 dot them up down the field, Cam. Five years later, <sighs> All right, Cam, take off, bro. <laughs> go ahead, and start running, bro. You know. I thought you was gonna be able to dot him up like that. That's not your game. Same facts. I feel you, Los. I feel you. Alright, that's enough, man. I feel like I want a 10-minute rant on Cam Newton. I don't like that. Uh on your way out. Hit the like button. Might have a little surprise later. Uh I won't be on with Vox I don't think Votch is gonna have a show today, but me and Foots the king. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a nice little show later on, on uh on Foots' channel. So I wanna say six Eastern so 35 my time. Yeah. So around 6 p.m. Eastern, me and Foots gonna kick it, talk a little bit more uh about this Cowboys Bills matchup. Honestly, I'm gonna keep it a bean. I was more excited to to, to study up on, on this matchup than I was at the last one. Maybe because we already played Philly, but but this is kind of uncommon opponent with a better quarterback, in my opinion, better offense, in my opinion, um, a better defense, in my opinion. So I was more excited to see, you know, watch them and study them. So it's going to be a fun game, man. Fun breakdown later. IT dropped two. Super chat. He said, "Uh, damn, participation awards are a thing nowadays. Yeah, I mean that's that's what they doing on the streets, you know. Cause I promise you, if we got to the if we got to the big game and choked it away and and, and didn't fall on a fumble and, and they never let us live it down. But anyway, let me go ahead and press this button before I get up out of here.
6: Push the goddamn button. Oh
2: Yeah, Jay Worthy, put the notifications on, man. Hey, 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 roll hit. See, I was trying to defend that whole scam Newton thing. You know? I ain't like the scam Newton thing. Call my quarterback no game manager, man. Alright, we out of here. Love y'all. Peace.